But yeah, New York is the skateboarders. I like watching too much fun. I like watching the skateboarders during the There's day. There's so much shit to watch. There's so much free entertainment. Like what? You know, the Central Park. Like yeah. there's just all sorts of nonsense. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Skeptic Tank 162. What, I, what am I calling it? One year in New York. Me and Doug Benson each spent nine months, let's call that a year, in New York. He did the marijuana logs like 10 years ago. Um, it's been a year there, and I went last year. And so we just sat on the patio of the comedy store, and we fucking, we just talked about our time in New York. Then he had to go do a Doug, a getting high with Doug, with somebody big, I think. I forget who. Maybe the guy from Lost? I don't know. He mentions it. But, um, dude, New York has just got this vibe. No sponsors in this episode. New York's got this vibe that I just, I don't know. It's like, I'm going to miss my friends. I'm going back there. I'm going straight to Moon Tower in Austin doing that. Find tickets on my website, arithegreat.com. Um, and then straight from there, I'm doing that 23rd through 26th. And straight from there, 27th, I'm going to New York. Going to stay in Williamsburg at an Airbnb. Um, and I'm just going to look for an apartment for three straight weeks. Hopefully I find one before I got to leave and go to China. Uh, but man, it's just that city, you guys. And I, I've visited and stuff before, but when I visit, I feel like I've got to do stuff. I've got to move. And when I'm, when I'm there, when I'm there for a month, when I'm there for two months, for five months, I don't have to go and move. I can just sort of casually see it all. And it just excites me. I guess it's because I'm an observer, but I just walk around. Sometimes I take my shirt off so nobody bothers me. God, I'm a degenerate. I take my shirt off and just bronze up. I just catch some sun so I don't get depressed. Um, I just walk around. I stare at the homeless people. They're crazy. All the people fighting. It's just got such a weird energy. It just fills you. It's like when you run over one of those uh, those life ups. Unlike Super Mario Brothers, and your whole life goes whoop and goes all the way to the top. It just fills me with fucking vigor. God, I'm getting hard just thinking about it. Emotionally hard. What if I had a fetish where the idea of New York got me to have a boner? How would I apply that to sex? <laughs> I probably wouldn't. Uh, all right, you guys. So this is the episode. Um. I have a 420 show that you guys should know about in Los Angeles called Store 20. It's going to be a variety show. It's going to be a fucking shitload of fun, everybody. What else are you doing on Sunday? It's during the. It's on the afternoon, 420 in the afternoon. I got a, I got sketches, some videos, stand-up, possibly some dancing. <laughs> I got a cool show planned for you. So get tickets now, rathegreat.com. It's all on there, as, long, as well as my Amazon link. Uh, if you guys are shopping for Amazon, why not go to arethegreat.com? There's an Amazon link right there to the right. Um, there's one for Canada too. And then just click it and it takes you to Amazon and then you can just do your shopping as is, normal. And then I just get a percentage of their of their cut back. So it's a cool way to support the podcast, especially for these episodes. <laughs> I don't have any sponsors because I didn't fucking try. 
Um, no, I tried it. I don't really. I'm not the one doing it. Uh, but anyway, yeah, use the Amazon link. And then why don't you, if you want, if you forget, because I'll forget too, uh, bookmark my website, com as Amazon. So when you, you know, when you remember, you just click it and go. Uh, God, I'm excited to go back. Oh, and speaking of, so here's, I'm doing a couple things before I go. By the way, Punch Drunk, uh, Bag of Bets, me and Sam Tripoli for my sports podcast, we had a bet. He f- said he could beat me five straight games in bowling. I said I would beat him one of those games. He bowled all growing up. The bet was, loser, if I don't beat him in one of five games, or if he doesn't beat me all five games, the loser has to take ecstasy and Viagra and then watch a two-hour gay porn. So, we did it yesterday. We bowled yesterday, and we recorded it. Tebow was there, and uh, he did play-by-play and interviews. I'm not going to give you any spoilers. But go to Punch Drunk Sports right now. Punch Drunk Sports, not Punch Drunk. Punch Drunk Sports, the one with like the star in the middle. And, um, and it's there. Click on it. All right, let's start the episode. Oh, no, no, I forgot. This is what I was going to do. This is the last thing I was going to do. I'm giving away shit. Any poor comics in Los Angeles. I'm having an open house. I know that's not the right word. Eric Andre told me that's the wrong word. But I'm calling it open house anyway. Everything must go. Whatever you guys want. The bed, I'm giving to Mo- Brian Moses. Everything else. Whatever you guys want. Come on in. 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. Grab it. Clothes. Books. Furniture. Trash cans. Hampers. Whatever's here. Half used shampoo. If you're a poor comic, come get some. If you want the furniture, you got to have a way to get it out of here. Bookshelf, posters, a thing of Nutella, salt shaker. <laughs> anyway, yeah, just come and fucking scavenge it, you fucking poor asses. I've been there. Come get some shit. Um,. Also, you guys, I know I said I was going to do an hour every year, and I recorded an hour last year, December 28th, at the Knitting Factory in Brooklyn. Um, I didn't do that again this year. December 28th came and went. I'm ready to do the hour, but unfortunately, planning a recording is more difficult than I thought it would be, and it got delayed. So, I think I have a deal in place, or at least an agreement anyway, to do another hour to record my next special. But logistically, I've got to figure out where, I've got to get the venue, and I've got to do that shit. So, I'm sorry, but I'm behind schedule. So, it's going to be 18 months this year instead of 12. And I feel bad about it. And I also feel bad that I'm going to have to delay all the clubs that I was supposed to go to in the autumn. Um, because if it hasn't been long enough, I'm just not going to have enough new material for you. So I have delayed some shit. Uh, instead of being in your city every year, I'm going to be there every year and a half this year. Uh, sorry. I'm sorry. I made an agreement with you guys and I didn't, I didn't stick to it. So I'm sorry, but I won't do any repeat shit. I just won't come to your city until it's time. Um, but I will be in Edmonton. The first, second, and third of May, maybe the fourth too, with Kathleen McGee again. That should be shitloads of fun at uh, Comic Strip. The Comic Strip? No, Rick Brunt? No, I forgot what it's called. Uh, at the mall. 
And then uh, Santa Fe with Joey Diaz, the second weekend, I think on Saturday, at a casino. Tickets on my website, arithegreat.com. And Minneapolis the week after that in May, Rick Brunson's House of Comedy. Go there for tickets. And then China. I think that's all my dates until China. Um, all right, you guys, let's start the episode. It's cool. All we did was talk about one year in New York. So it's me, Doug Benson, Comedy Store Patio. Hope you guys enjoy it. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's one more thing I'm doing in my apartment. I am auctioning off. Joe Rogan gave me, he had a couch that he used for the first, like, I don't know, 50 episodes, 40 episodes, 30, whatever it is, of the Joe Rogan experience. He gave it to me when he moved to a studio. Um, I've been using it. It's in excellent condition. It's It's comfortable as fuck. It's so goddamn comfortable. It's long enough that I can lay on it without even, you know touching my head or feet to either side and i'm 6'3 uh it's clean and here's what i'm doing i'm auctioning it off on ebay any fan of the joe rogan experience who wants it or who wants a fucking sweet ass couch because it's joe rogan who bought it so he spends thousands of bucks on shit like couches he didn't get it on a corner uh like i would no bed bugs they don't have those in la it doesn't smell um obviously i have fucked on it but that's long since gone um, so if you want it, bid on it. I'll put a link on my website, arithegreat.com. But uh, it's there's three days left. Bidding ends Wednesday. Yeah. And then you got to come pick it up. So if you're not in LA, don't bother. Or if you're not going to arrange for it. Um, and with the money that comes in for it, I'm just going to take Rogan out to just the most expensive steak in Los Angeles. Just a great meal. Maybe we'll bring some other people too. Maybe like Callan and Duncan and shit like that. Yes. Depending on how much comes in. So, I don't know. Go look for it. I think it'll be fun. Otherwise, it's going to dump it or throw it at the, to the comedy store. But, man, it's got such history at that podcast. Why not let a fan have it if he wants it? Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen. Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank. Episode 162. One year in New York. With Mr. Doug Benson, here we go. I love New York City. Oh, yeah. New York City. I love New York City. Oh, yeah. New York City. Start recording. It's doing it. Did we have headphones last time, or we just no. did it like this? Just like this. It's all about trust. Headphones crush my ears when I have my glasses on. Oh yeah, yeah. That's not that's it not a comfortable. After a while. That's not comfortable at all. Yeah. Uh, I listened to a second of that uh, AA meeting in there. They're so serious. Yeah, that's why. I, I mean, you know, I think I might have a problem with alcohol, but yeah. I, if if I decide to quit, if I decide to take that step, I'm gonna pretty much have to do it on my own because those meetings are too boring for me yeah you know i noticed too there's some people who are like heroes at those meetings and some people would just bore everybody every week and when they raise their hands to share you're like oh yeah like when you see aa meetings depicted in movies and tv unless there's some cut up in there for some reason uh you know like a character that's a goofball goes to aa yeah but, uh, but nor if they just show it like how it normally happens 
it's just some huge revealing. I, I, I can't believe the people in the audience don't like roll their eyes more and uh, and don't say hi back when they say their name at the beginning. <laughs> you know, like uh, hi, like Margaret. the fact that hey, there's Margaret. How are you? Well, they all say hi. You know, yeah. I'm so and so, and I'm an alcoholic, and they say hi, so Sounds Margaret like- or whatever, and I, all of that just doesn't just doesn't appeal to me at all. Do they do anything? I mean, they get people off this addictive substance, right? Yeah, I guess it's, you know, especially if you're, you know, 12-stepping and you, you know, have a day where you really feel like having a drink, you could find a meeting somewhere and go and sort of sitting around talking with people about it keeps you from doing it. I, I understand why it works. Yeah, I get why Scientology works, too. <laughs> you know what I mean, doesn't mean it's for everybody. Yeah, but at least I mean, but uh, you know, they're trying to help people with a, with a disease. Whereas the only disease you have if you get involved in Scientology is stupidity. <laughs> you got stupid person's disease. I'll say it. I don't care how big it goes in show business. I don't care how much it would stop me. The veil's been lifted. Once South Park attacked them, everyone's like, "Oh wait, we can get away with this." And then from then oh, on, I attacked them like, before that. I've always found it to be a complete sham. There should be no new religions. Religion should be a thing that's thousands and thousands past. of years old. Yeah. In the <laughs> olden days, we used to have to worship a, some sort of God a new guy can't come up with a religion, and if he, and if they can, it should be me. <laughs> yeah. I should be the one that gets to start a thing. I love flying spaghetti monster as a religion. As a, as a, have you ever heard about that? It sounds familiar, but... It's, it's a retort to uh, all the people who say, I have religious reasons I can't do this or can't do that. And he goes, well, I worship the flying spaghetti monster. He's a spaghetti monster. He's made a few silly spaghetti, and he flies through space, and I have to take off every June, June 19th um, for a holiday for that. <laughs> it's got all the same tenets as a real religion, and he's like, why? Why, why is yours more valid than mine? Just because I clearly made mine up, and no one else made it up for me. Yeah, why don't we? Why don't we get four twenty started as a religious holiday? Yeah, this You'd year this year up. it's on a Sunday, but it's on Easter Sunday. But starting next year, it'll be Monday, Tuesday. It'll move along like that. We'll have four years in a row where it's on a weekday. So we should try to really have a movement where everybody takes a day off, and when they're asked why, yeah. say it's because it's it's a it's a religious I'd say start holiday. This year it's Easter Sunday. Let's match them up with religion, and then. But keep who has to take off Easter Sunday? You Nobody. already get it off. Yes, Unless so this you have one a will be messed easier. up job where you're getting time and a half for being there or something. Oh yeah, you get that right. I guess. So you're doing a show on April 20th this year? Yeah, at the Comedy Store. Here in Los Angeles. Here in Los Angeles. Where we're sitting right now. Yeah, right next door, Store 20. Recording a show Store. that people won't hear until after that day. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll air it before so, then. So promotion- promotionally, you dropped the ball on this one. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe, you yeah, are maybe a you should put comic. this one out as special on on or around 420. It could be the day after, but then it wouldn't. But 21. if you put it out on the 18th, maybe do you do you are you confident you're going to sell out your 420 show here on Easter? I'm never confident I'll sell out a single show. Even LA's the five dollar, yeah, man. L.A. super tough. I had the first time I did a storyteller show. It was all stories of psychedelics, and it had me, Ag, Diaz, Mark Marin, and then somebody else, Dylan Brody, and 12 tickets sold at five dollars oh. a pop. Because here, people here are just so oh. so spoiled at all the free entertainment they get. Yeah. Plus, you know, they don't necessarily have a, a... It doesn't seem like people here have a ton of disposable income. You know, it doesn't seem like spending money on shows is Yeah, there's a lot of more poor people, people do here. here. It's more acceptable to be completely broke here. Well, yeah, they're broke actors and stuff. Yeah. And struggling. And it seems like even the rich actors, a lot of them, were at some point some struggling actor. So if well, you're like, I don't have any cash, you're like, I get it. 
since I, you know, I'm doing my shows in uh, Portland, Oregon on 420, and they're they're pretty much sold out. Yeah. So, um, you know, remind me sometime before then to do uh, either on a podcast or a, uh, a Twitter blast or something. Tell my LA friends that that that, that your show will be the place to be. Okay. On 420, who do you have people on the lineup? Yeah, I have a bunch of sketches, and I have a bunch of dancing and some stand up. Really? <laughs> yeah, Lance Gonstopoulos is going to dance. <laughs> Some sort of tribute to marijuana? Uh, it's just a fun marijuana show. Here's my problem with marijuana shows. They become all about weed. Right. When it should be like, hey, let's get high and go watch a fun show. Oh, yeah. Well, like, you could do that. Uh, people won't complain. Yeah. If it's a fun show. There'll be some I mean, If you put on a boring references. show that also doesn't talk about marijuana, then you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But if you put on a fun show, yeah, the idea should be let's get high and have fun. I mean, I'll talk about weed maybe 40% of my set yeah. on that day, but, yeah. you know, i got to tell jokes about other things. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, how much is there when it comes to weed anyway, you know? You can be in Vancouver. You forget right? stuff. Yeah, you get the munchies. <laughs> it's not that bad for you. <laughs> those, those are all the premises. <laughs> you see that guy, uh, that guy from Oregon, the representative or the senator, just ripping the drugs are. No, he's like, can you please ask, answer a question? Uh, how many deaths have been caused by marijuana? And whatever the last time you have stats for it, right? Let's not even put a specific year. Yeah, let's put it for all of time. Yeah, whenever you got stats, and he goes, well, you know, there's a lot of stuff. He goes, please just answer me. How many deaths there have been because of marijuana? And he's like. Well, you know, it's a multifaceted argument. He's like, can you just tell me? Because all my research is zero. Can you just say an answer? He goes, fine, let's move on. What's more dangerous and addictive, coke and meth or marijuana? And the guy's like, well, again, this is, these arguments are like, you're the drug czar. Answer the question. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. He was like, this is why kids don't listen to the drug like people, because you don't ever say the truth. What? The drug czar wouldn't have a job if he answered those questions honestly. Really? Yeah, what, what, what the, the drug czar is. I mean, just even the fact that there's the drug czar is called a czar is so... <laughs> yeah. I am the drug emperor. That's the only position I am the a drug. czar, right? <laughs> You're not the FDA czar. It's bizarre. It's, <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's a weird way to put it, and it's a failed... All the policies are failed, and everyone's going to learn real soon when, as you know, all these states that are legalizing it make more money... Have less crowded prisons that are costing the taxpayer less, less money, and uh, you know less people being trained to be criminals because they got busted at eighteen with marijuana, and then they come out knowing how to do every crime. Everything, yeah. <laughs> I would love to be in jail just so I know how to hotwire a car. <laughs> I he did just say for too, watching he, it in the movies, just yank some cords, some wires out from underneath, yeah, and touch them together. Touch them. Yeah, and then you've cords. got a you've <laughs> Go got a car started up. Yeah, or the glove compartment, just hold the not the glove compartment, the visor. Yeah. Pull that down, everyone leaves. Pull that keys. down, the keys are going to be fall right Who into your hand. Keys, the door unlocked with their keys up there. It's like, nah, pockets are too much trouble. Yeah, it's. I'll just leave them here in the visor. You'd be surprised, though. How do you lock your uh, front door when you can't find your keys? I got a spare key, or I just leave it open. <laughs> yeah. Right now, I cannot. Find. It's been a day and a half, and I your can't drive. Your home is in Los Angeles, and the door is wide open. Uh-huh. It's just what are the odds someone's going to try it? Like, do burglars try the door first, or do they always have a? always know that they have to try to get in through a window or something. I assume they always have one of those cutting devices that cut in a circular motion. <laughs> right. <laughs> with the suction and then cup. just put their hand yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I assume that's how it's always done. I think it's usually done with the old, uh, you know... Back of the elbow. The nicely brick. clothed elbow going through one pane of glass. Yeah. In the back. Oh, wait. That's not Zach Galifianakis? No, that's a dude that he used oh. to be on... 
What was that show about the devil that was on oh, yeah. UPN? Yeah, he to was reclaim like a sidekick on that, yeah. Yeah, I remember him now. I thought that was Zach for the longest time from those billboards. Yeah, but now he's on a show about, I guess he helps ghosts. <laughs> he helps nice. ghosts find peace. Is that called being pigeonholed if you're just, if you're just helping the dead? I guess, but I'll, I'd take that pigeonhole if I were that dude. If I were that Zach lookalike. But I think he's funny. I like him. That guy? Yeah. Yeah. Zach yeah, I too. Really I like Zach too. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say I enjoy <laughs> Zach Galifianakis. You're not shit on anybody. Oh, I'll shit on somebody. Hey, give, um, give me somebody to shit on. Hey, um, do you want to talk about your show before this or after this? What show? You're you're getting high with Doug's show live. What do you mean? I had some thoughts. Like he's asked about ways to improve it. Really? Yeah. How could it possibly be improved? The the live show. You were oh. asking me. I did. I said, how can we improve it? Uh-huh. And I must have been high when I asked you that. <laughs> okay. Because I love it just the way it is. No, but if you've got ideas, uh, I, I'd love to hear them. It was mostly just like keeping the introverts and extroverts separated. Get like Kreischer with Todd Glass and, you know, people that are super outgoing because the, the introverts are just going like, to... Right, but if I do an episode of all introverts, then I'm stuck there with a bunch of quiet people. It's nice to have somebody no. that's going to yeah, yeah, speak yeah. up. My Plus, you don't know which way more... people are going to go. Yeah, there is that. There is that. You surprised me a little bit on that one. With what? Being so quiet. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough. But you weren't that quiet when we were in studio together. No, it's just you and me. It was easier. Everybody thinks that's easier for some reason, but it's... Once I see a guy like Todd just going off, it's just like, yeah, man, just go. Just do your thing. Yeah, even Joey was just kind of like, let Todd speak. Yeah. Also, maybe you should be in the middle, because it seems like everyone's throwing their jokes off you, naturally. Yeah, people say that I should be in the middle, but then I don't. I don't like that because then, I, then when whenever I'm looking at a guest, there are yeah. guests that are b- like behind my back. You know, that are like, oh, yeah. it's hard. I don't want to be like ping ponging the whole time. Yeah. So that's why I like being on the end. But that's people have suggested that on Twitter that I sit in the How middle. About some sort of lazy Susan that uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> just rotates the people. <laughs> I mean, as it is for now, we're not going to do any more. We're not going to do any more live ones just because, yeah. for the time being, just because uh, it's just a more expensive endeavor, you know, to put on a whole production like that as opposed to just doing them in the studio. People have to uh, pay for tickets, though, don't they? And they haven't, yeah. That helps offset the cost, but it's not enough. Oh. And but the um, the the also the people have spoken. I mean, the studio episodes get as in general get more viewers than the than the live ones. I think some people oh. are very uh, they just don't like the idea of watching six people get high and all just blather at each other. Yeah, it, I think that's more fun to see live than than to watch the stream. Oh right! I could be wrong. I mean, they still get a hundred thousand views or whatever uh, yeah, over the weeks. How's it going, man? Oh, thanks, dude. <laughs> I fucking love Doug Benson. Yeah. <laughs> what are you coming are you by coming for from? an AA meeting? Uh, no. There's an AA meeting inside. If you think you need help. Really? Oh. Oh, and have a have a hit of that. <laughs> I don't know. This happens every time. Yeah. We've only done this out here twice, but somebody walks up and says, and "Hey, and smokes Benson. with us." Where are you coming from? I'm just coming from Sunset and Crescent Heights. Just walking? Just walking. Just chilling. Yeah. Just hanging out. But I was watching uh, Super High Me the other day, actually. It was great. I hear that a lot. That was you? <laughs> you did that movie? That was me, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was really good. I didn't know you were in that. <laughs> yeah, that was me. You're also... Damn. What, what show are you in? Uh, you're like... You get points every time you tell a joke. At midnight. 
Have you done that yet? No. You should do that. You'd be great at it. Yeah, I'd probably be pretty fun. Yeah. I mean, you're leaving for New York soon. I am leaving for New York soon. But when you get back, you should, or if you're Come in back town. back for a week in May. You Rogan, know, I heard Rogan just said he wanted to do it. Really? Yeah, Jonas asked, because would Rogan ever do it? Like, if you get me and Diaz, I'm sure he would. You, Diaz, and Rogan would be such a fun episode. Mm-hmm. And if one of you guys can't make it, I'll do it. But anyway, thanks for stopping by, man. Thank you. Have a- <laughs> <laughs> Smoke weed every day. He didn't even ask what we're recording him for. Just came Did up. Did not said, even oh, care. I love you, man. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't care at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm about to go back to New York. That's what I want to talk to you about. Because last time we skirted over it, but uh, I had a year in New York, and so did you. I just talked to so-and-so. Who, who did I talk about? Tony Kameen. And he was like, yeah, man, it was fun. We had a good time. Me and Tony Kameen and Arj Barker did the marijuana logs. We were all three there for like six months. Six months, yeah, I did Then not. Arj left, and then I kept going for like three or four more months. Tony pretty much filled out the whole year because he just became a New Yorker in the process. He, he lived there for several years after that. Now he's finally back here because his wife uh, got a job writing on some TV show. I think Community. Oh, yeah. His wife's got some great job. Yeah, yeah. And um, cool guy. I hadn't seen him in forever. No wonder. He moved to New York. Yeah. But, yeah, he's a blast to hang out with and smoke with. And we had a good time doing that show. And uh, He did this thing once. I saw him at, like, that bar on 3rd Street that some guy used to run. I forgot. Remember that show? Mm-hmm. Um, and he was doing some act with his mic in the mic stand. And then uh, he had some like mock anger, and he like ripped the mic out and talked into it. And another thing, yeah, we gotta get out. It, it gets really so like great. mock angry sometimes. It was so it's great. so ridiculous. It was so specific too. It's like yeah, that is how people get angry. Ripping that mic out. Yeah, now, it's time to walk. Yeah, I'm, now I'm gonna talk to you. <laughs> yeah, he. I think it was called Top Hat that place or something like Top that. Top Hat. That's possible. Oh, I did such a bad job on this. How many joints did you roll? I have one and a half. I have one plus another one I didn't roll. <laughs> this is a mixture of nerd, idiot. Oh. <laughs> Just knocked my water over. Right into your we, iPhone. We saved the uh, recording device and my iPhone yeah. before they got wet. Yeah, we got a whole other joint. Um, where did you live when you were there? Did it break? It didn't break. Um, I had the sweetest deal because... No, my phone's fine. Uh, I had the sweetest deal because I... Uh, you know, basically just moved to New York to do the marijuana logs. The people that wanted to produce it. Gave they put me, it up like a real Broadway play? Oh yeah, off-Broadway. It was a theater called the Actors Playhouse. <laughs> Three comedians just sitting on stools telling pot jokes. But, but I mean, they uh, ran it like we have a run for you guys? Yeah, they said, you know, we want to take it on the road a little bit more, workshop it. We want to go to Toronto and work for a week with a a dude that's directed a lot of uh, Kids in the Hall stuff, like worked with us on it. And the idea was to take, because when we were doing it in L.A., it was just kind of a small show that wasn't even 90 minutes long. And um, then we took it on the road to comedy clubs, but we do a little stand-up first, then we do the show. So we just needed to flesh it out to become an off-Broadway show show that is worth paying money to see uh, as it turns out I think the ticket prices were too steep and that's that ultimately did us in but um, they wanted to have lots of like uh, projections and all this stuff and then uh, just doing it in Toronto we just sort of learned that you know it is what it is we just got to stick to it's three guys just taking turns telling pot jokes yeah. And kind of steal the format of the vagina monologue, which is basically <laughs> what I did initially. 
some things we say in it, it's just the same sentence, but with marijuana instead of vagina. Really? Like Mad Libs? Yeah, because well, you don't want to feel shame about marijuana or your yeah. vagina. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, you proud. know, it's a lot of the same notes. It's a lot of the same. I mean, obviously, female empowerment's a little bit more important than weed empowerment, but... <laughs> You know, it's still people shouldn't feel bad about. I still have Joey Diaz's term about it. You know what? If you're not high by two p.m., fuck you. Yeah. Like I'm. No, you're the problem, not me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everybody should just. Everyone would be more relaxed, and there'd be. I, I think less problems, or the problems that would exist would be much smaller. Yeah. So, uh, we just scaled it back down to just the three of us talking. They made a neat little set for us in the theater, and we moved in and. For the first few months, especially on weekends, it was uh, it was pretty popular, and then it just became like what? more theater people came to see it than pop weed smokers because yeah. weed smokers because it was like fifty five bucks was like the cheapest <laughs> ticket, and yeah. so weed smokers would say I could buy a fucking bag for that yeah, dude. Man. You know what are you doing to me? <laughs> so we ended up like comping in a lot of people, like everybody we'd meet, we'd comp them in. You know, yeah. so that was another fun thing oh, to have a cool. show that always had seats available, so we could invite anybody that we wanted. Yeah. Over the course of the year, a few celebrities saw the show. Uh, Peter Dinklage like saw it and was very nice to us afterwards. Really, the, the guy yeah, from yeah, Game yeah. of Thrones. The guy from the Game guy. of Thrones, and the listeners don't know the gesture I did to show you his size. I didn't want to be insulting, so I kept it just between us. And um, the because he's a super guy. nice guy, and he even did the "I'm not worthy" bow really? uh, to us when wow. we walked out from backstage after the show. And that felt a little weird that a guy that small was bowing down <laughs> to the down giants right looming by. above him. And uh, but he's a super nice guy and was super cool. Hey, homage. I can't believe I haven't had him on Douglas Movies. But anyway, he yeah. saw the show. Uh, What's her name from True Blood saw the show. Who, the chick from the piano? The girl, Suki. Uh, in real life, her name is uh, Anna Paquin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Piano. She saw it. Neil Patrick Harris saw it. Whoa. Yeah, there were some cool people who would come by. We'd always just hear about it backstage. And most times, we had to wait for the whole audience to leave before we could get out. It was that kind of small theater. Like We're just stuck backstage, and there's no back door. Oh, yeah. So, which... <laughs> was a, a delightful fire hazard I think and um, but we uh, luckily nobody set anything on fire during the yeah, run of the yeah. show yeah. yeah so we didn't you know sometimes we couldn't get out there in time to see them and we knew people oh, right. that worked at a restaurant across the street and one time Harrison Ford and uh, what's her name Calista Flockhart yeah. this guy that works at the restaurant said he saw them walk up to the theater and there was tons of like reviews and stuff outside the theater lots of stuff you could read about the show yeah. and the two of them stood around reading everything about the marijuana logs and wow. kind, of, kind of like smiling and laughing to each other Wow! but then I, there was, they never came and saw the show he's a humongous pothead he is but he's, such a pothead but he's never been like a pot advocate He's such a pothead. He has one diamond earring in one ear. Like, who does that when <laughs> you're 60 really? years old? Does he really? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, he's never really been outspoken about it in any way. No, he hasn't. He just so goes on talk shows and, and talks so slow, like he's high out of his <laughs> mind. Like, That's what a and everyone's like, what's is. wrong with Harrison Ford? You know what's a thing that drives me crazy is what? how much people don't believe me. What? Did we talk about it on the one you were on? I don't know. What? James Franco does not smoke weed. Oh, yeah. And I don't believe you. Yeah. That's everybody does. No, no. I should say, I don't believe James Franco. Right. He could be lying about it. But I don't know. Why would all of his buddies have his back on that? I'd rat him out if I was his friend and I knew he really smoked. I'd be like, whatever. Seth Rogen's such a straight shooter. And he he has gone on the record as saying James Franco does not smoke weed. 
least with him, he's never done it, you know? Yeah, but never... I know. Maybe he smoked it. Maybe he's tried it. Like all through college? But people really love his performance in pa- Pineapple Express. Right. Like, so they just you? think he has to be a stoner. But Spicoli, Sean Penn's probably not much of a stoner either. I met Sean Penn while I was in New York. Really? Yeah, outside a bar one night. and uh, just, what, uh, just randomly? Kind of mutual friends. Yeah. Kind of uh, so you got an sort of made it happen. And uh, so I kind of had it in to talk to him for a second. Yeah. And the thing that was said was the, the guy that I knew that knew Sean Penn said, Doug's doing a show in town called The Marijuana Logs. And Sean Penn said, that sounds like a real Woody Harrelson production. <laughs> wow. And, then, and I was like, you should come see it. And he kind of made a face like, I probably won't. That'll never happen. And but then, that that's was the end of it. with your endeavors. Yeah, but I just love that he fucking wow. ratted out. I mean, Woody Harrelson's yeah. an obvious one, but that he's, he was uh, here one day with and they're Dom friends. Herrera. Sean Penn is friends with him with Woody Harrelson. Yeah, From it's what? like if one of my friends said that about me. Talk to my friend Doug Benson about this. He'd be interested. <laughs> well, I see tweets like that every day. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody yeah, say something once. like, "You should do a podcast where you people." Smoke weed, and then you know it'll say it's a responsibility. Talk to Doug Benson about that. <laughs> yeah, you'll look. I gotta try and relight this thing. It's a little, a little yeah, windy. It's it kind of a cold, windy. windy day for Los Angeles. This is still, by the way, warmer than it has gotten all winter long in New York. Not one day has it ever gotten above That's 62. That's the number one thing I do not miss about living in New York is how fucking cold it gets in the winter. Golly, time. the wind just blows down the alleyways of where those buildings are. Like, you turn a corner, and then it just, oh, it just goes through your bones. And you have to deal with it because there's there's something about being in New York, especially the way we've done it, where we know that it's not necessarily permanent. Yeah. Where I I cannot, maybe three nights of the whole year I was there, I stayed Stayed in. in. Yeah, because you're going to waste it. You go out. Absolutely. Out every, no matter how fucking cold it is, because at least there's a bar a block away or downstairs mm-hmm. in some cases. <laughs> yeah. So or you can just run to it in a puffy coat yeah. and then get inside, and it's always nice and warm inside everywhere. Yes, in once New you York. get in. Yeah. That's a problem, though. You've got to rip off your coat immediately. Mm-hmm. Do you need help with that? <laughs> I almost Instagram a picture of you tweeting. I almost you- brought a bowl that we could shove roaches into, but then I forgot. Oh. Should we light up the other joint? Would that be better? Maybe. I'm having trouble with all of it. With all of that it. That joint, the lighter, the wind. But you got, it's a good thing you got Fogo de Chao backup matches. Fogo de Chao should po- sponsor one of my shows. Who, who would eat in that place if they're not high? Uh, yeah, I just went with Rogan, and I was like, but I'd eaten like four hours before, so not hungry enough to go eat there. Yeah. Could, it's like I could eat, but that's not for Fogo de Chao. All you can eat meat. So I was like, well, let me fuel up. And then I'll be fine. I just yeah. have to smoke outside for 10 minutes, and then you can just crush it. That's another benefit of marijuana. When you have only eaten four hours ago and you don't have an appetite yet, but you want to eat with somebody cool, it'll help you eat with them. <laughs> they just put out a thing, a crawl on the uh, one of the news channels saying that the, uh, that the very skinny people yeah. are in more uh, danger of heart disease than the obese. I mean, what? the obese are obviously still in, way in danger of heart disease, what? but but the you know that there's a you're probably not in that category, but there's dangerously skinny. Like right. if you lost ten or fifteen pounds, underweight. Yeah, yeah. Those people are even more. Da- so like people that think wow, that just really? being skinny, light and skinny is good. 
should uh, probably probably rethink that a little bit. Yeah, they equate uh, um, weight to health, and so you eat sodium all day long. I ain't well, like that you. guy Jim Fix, that famous runner guy. Yeah, he uh, you know died of a heart attack at like fifty two or something, and ran like ten miles every day. Oh, really? Yeah. So he might have been like just too too skinny and not you know not enough. He needs a guy like Joe Rogan to teach or, him how to also be muscular. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe, if TV hasn't lied to me, maybe it was murder made to look like a heart attack. No one looked into that? Could Super be. healthy guy who ran 10 miles every day? I'm sure maybe they looked into it. Jim Henson was really skinny, and, you know, because of the new Muppets movie, I've been reading a lot about, you know... He went to the University of Maryland. Reminded of how weirdly he died. He was only 53, and it was just pneumonia... Oh really? That just you know, they just didn't catch it in time, and it just it just he just got really? too sick too fast. He has one of his early uh, Kermit the Frogs um, carved into some uh, wet wet cement at University of Maryland in the, in the uh, sidewalk. Where? University of Maryland. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that he did it in college. He was like it was an early sketch in wet cement. There's a fun fact. Yeah. Uh, um. What other so, kind of things? Okay. Let's talk New York. Let's talk New York. That's what this episode is called. Yes. Let's talk New, New York. New York, New York. Let's um, finally get into it. You're right about it. that. You don't, you don't not go out. Yeah. And, with the, and also, like, having a show there, like, we had, like, only two nights, one or two nights a week, depending on the schedule, kind of shifted at one point. But, you know, we just had the same days off every week. Yeah. And so... About once every month or two on the two days off, I'd fly back to L.A. just for two days just yeah. to kind of touch base and do things that I miss, and then I'd go back again. And then, um, you know, I could also occasionally go do a couple of road dates and come back. I think I did right. that a couple times. But you're always out, especially once you go out for the show. Then you're like, well, I'm already out You now. do the show. It's over, you know, it was only 90 minutes, and it was at 8 o'clock, so we'd be over at like 9.30. We'd like take pictures with people outside and have people give us weed for a that, while. That's good. And then we just, you know, we tended to go across the street to Sushi Samba, this amazing sushi restaurant yeah. that has like this giant balcony so when the weather's nice there's this outdoor patio balcony where we can eat sushi and drink sushi samba all, the, all the employees that are probably not even there anymore so I'm not yeah. going to get them in trouble would hook us up really? whenever they wanted tickets for them or their biggest clients customers. you know biggest customers they'd ask for them and we'd give them to them so they gave us like tons uh, of free booze I drank for free like every night wow in Manhattan Sushi Samba. What neighborhood was that? It's on 7th Avenue uh, near uh, Christopher Street. Oh, I and I lived around the corner. Just uh, the great, My favorite thing, my least favorite is the weather, but yeah. my favorite thing about living there was uh, being you know, in uh, lower Manhattan and living in a very tiny apartment, yeah. but one that was literally two and a half blocks from where I worked. Wow. It was two and a half blocks from the theater, and it was like eight or ten blocks from the comedy cellar. So that's all I did was, <laughs> you know, the play seven times a week you must and like, never like got three or four sets a night. Yeah, and just like, I just always walk. Every once in a while, you take a cab down to Caroline's or some shit. Or David Tell would chastise me because I got in one of those city bikes to go home. He goes, dude, this is a walk in town, man. Get off the fucking bike. Speaking of being chastised by David Cross... David Tell, but yeah. Oh, sorry. Then forget it. All right. Let's hear about David Cross chastising you. <laughs> that's so funny that you said David Tell. And my mind just went right to David, David Cross because it's something David Cross would also say. What? The don't walk. Don't, really? 
Yeah. Don't, don't not walk in New York. Don't not walk in New York. Um, I love those. I, w- I wanted to live in a 30-minute in a walking radius from the cellar. And I got like 27 minutes. And walking home on summer nights when it was like 70 degrees outside... It's just glorious. It's perfect. Yeah. You see all sorts of crazy shit happening, you yeah. don't, but you don't ever have to get involved. Talking on the phone to my friends here in, in L.A. that were like, it was like 1230 at night, you know, yeah. it was like 330 there. Oh, there was yeah, this place, Mona's sweet. by my place, that was on Tuesdays, they had live jazz, live like upbeat jazz, and all these jazz musicians would just trade off playing, like an open mic almost. So we don't drive your listeners crazy. Let me tell you the David Cross thing real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thanks. He was on Getting Dug With High oh, last week. I thought that's all he was going to say. He was on Getting yeah. Dug with High last week, and uh, it was the uh, studio version. Yeah. And he... Oh, I heard about this. He, he tore like, apart every aspect of the show <laughs> and everything high. that was what happening. Say? What did he say? Just like, he was just like, high. the show is stupid. And it was all stuff I <laughs> predicted he would say, too. He was like, the show is stupid. People can't really be entertained by this. Because people, you know, the comments are getting too high. He only got a couple, took a couple of hits, and was clearly, you know, way too. Like then he was trying to tell a story, and he couldn't remember <laughs> part of it. And then he was like, "This is stupid. I should. Why am I trying to tell this story after getting high?" <laughs> it's like it's you impaired know? me. Yeah, like why? You know, it's like yeah, that's the point, David. Is it? It's fun to watch people get too high and try to tell a story. <laughs> You know, well, drunk like, history is no. a big success. Why yeah. can't why can't people getting high be fun too? What did he say? He just, you know, he poo-pooed everything. <laughs> That's so lame. And at one point he did a gag, like, pretending to get up and walk out. Yeah. And it was, like, only ten minutes in. And I laughed so hard, and I would have been so happy if he didn't come back. <laughs> you know? Because he would have he would have made the same points. It, by just doing that, he would have made this all the points that he was going to make later. Episode. Yeah. You know, like, he would, wouldn't have to say he, doesn't, he thinks it's stupid because he just walked out on it. He's just you like, know? you know what? I'm out of here. And it would have gotten some, you know, possibly some attention. Yeah. Instead, it's mostly negative attention. Like he was the worst guest ever. Oh, really? You know, yeah, people didn't care for it. Some loved it, you know. But I think there's mostly people that are already fans. Whenever of his. they have those pachos, where it's like all the comics are gonna get high right before the show. You've seen those, and they don't work on people from LA. At some point, they're just like, uh, "You mean Wednesday? What are you talking? about? Yeah, we're about? gonna do a show. Yeah, um, but on certain people, they still work. I like yeah, saying that because a lot of people do not get high and perform on a regular basis. But he's not doing it for his regular show at the fucking Wilbur Theater. He's he's doing it, you know. He's doing it for this thing. Fans are aware of it before like going in. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. People, uh, people. Speaking of you enjoying Tony Kameen and that outburst, people love yeah. it when you yell about something. <laughs> I got ordinary because you're pretty chill, and then suddenly you're you're like just very intensely outraged by something, and and it's often something you know like. You know, it's Larry da- Larry David just, level. Yeah, of, yeah, of, yeah. I get you know, like, to him a of lot. Of course, it's something that's annoying, but can how many people can relate to this? <laughs> yeah, like refusing to say happy birthday. I just don't understand why he was using fake cars to do a trick. He was already it was a trick already. We don't trust you. Already we don't trust you. So what are these new cards? That doesn't just say doesn't make sense. We suspect you already. You're a and trickster. That's the only thing you had to say that night was that being so mad about the fake cards. He does a few different tricks with like these weird different cards. We already like. What are you talking about? We already think you're up to something. Use a normal deck of cards. That's the trick. A That's on you. You should just give a magician the benefit of the doubt that they might not. They might not try to trick you. They might do one show. <laughs> just where like, they explain everything as they go, and you just go, "Oh, okay, that was fun." Oh yeah, maybe you would have done that. How's that guy doing in your show? 
He's great because he's like you know he's part of the he he he's a guy I met because he comes to all of my shows in L.A. and I eventually just started letting him in for free and letting him in ahead of the line and hanging out with him backstage and then uh, we did an interview after your show. Yeah, he interviews people. He does this thing called Gabe Time, and you know twenty thirty people twenty thirty thousand people end up end up watching a, just a really? thirty second video <laughs> of the guest being way too high and. I tell Gabe, don't, you know, sometimes he really interviews them. I'm like, just ask them how they're doing and then just hold the camera in their face and see how long they talk for. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but, you know. I gave him some, some uh, I brought mushrooms randomly. I just grabbed a bunch of shit from my, from my uh, freezer before I went over there. And there were accidentally mushrooms in there. So I was like, hey, do you want these? I'm not going to take them back with me. And he goes, yeah, sure. And then we were doing that interview. He never mentioned to me the mushrooms. And like 40 seconds in, I realized like, oh, maybe he thinks that's weed chocolate. And I was like, I should, it was in chocolate. And I was like, I was getting worried I was going to forget to tell him that. I'm not a fan of dosing people. I'm not a fan so of dosing people. So you warned him in the video? In the, yeah, he cut that out, I think. Oh, did he? Yeah. I looked at it, I was like, oh no, you didn't use that? He goes, ah, I think it would have been best not to. But I go, hey, hey, those are mushrooms. Yeah, Don't yeah. take those as weed. Don't <laughs> fuck up. like, oh, cool. Never done that before. So hopefully God, by now that he's would be him. really weird to think you're eating weed and then have a weed mushroom brownies. reaction. Yeah. Because your first couple stages, you'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, these are pretty strong weed brownies. And like, Oh wow! Wait, this what? is really not like most weed brownies. <laughs> what was your weed experience like in New York? Well, that's what uh, you that's, had a very unique. If nothing weed else, New York I want to tell you right here and now. Yes. Based on what you've said sure. on my podcast, yeah. <laughs> that there's great weed in New York, there and you missed it weed. somehow. There and some I will weed. make sure that you have a specific source that really? I know that has never given, never smoked me out with crappy weed. Okay. And she's very cute on top of it. I'm going to give you a hug. <laughs> I needed it so I bad, will, I will give you her number. All these people thought they had good weed, but they had garbage fucking road weed. Now, this girl, I, you know, I shouldn't say too much about her, but she, okay. she splits her time like she's got family in, here in California in Orange County. Nice. So she's not, she doesn't mess around. Oh, yeah. Okay. She's got lots of tattoos. You'll love her. Oh, even better. That's exactly my type. <laughs> She's been backstage at some of my shows in New York. Uh, I'm surprised that when you did them, she wasn't around because it must have oh. just been bad timing. Maybe she was, and I just... Because I would introduce you to her. Or what maybe I found, What you I were... found was weed here or there that was good. And then if you went back to the same dealer, he'd be like, this batch just isn't as good. So you're exaggerating for comedy when you said on my show that there's no good weed in New York. Oh, yeah, it's exaggerating. Because that's Absolutely. what, I, that's no, what no. threw yeah, me, yeah, yeah. and then... Weeks of guests off because I would oh, yeah. I would mention it to people all the time. Ari thinks there's no good weed in New York. It's just the weed in New York is garbage. I, I but, believe that it can be yes, and you also don't get any choices. Right, so that's where you can really get boned is you just get a particular strain that's not very strong. Or and they make up what strain it is the way weed. Best Buy employees make up what they know about the products. Well, that's where that's where this girl's great because she always just gives you know hooks me up with really good weed and and we don't really we don't really go in depth about what it's called you know yeah that's fine it's not um, good yeah it's anyway but also you know I obviously I smoked a ton when I was living there and did you get um, a lot from fans yeah and people give it to me a lot and you know but a lot of that was you know people would bridge and tunnel in to see the show you and know? they had what garbage weed. Not necessarily, like, but a lot New more. Jersey than has here. good weed because they have li- medicals legal there. Oh yeah. So and you know, lots of people come from Jersey to uh, New York, and uh, you if, know, if, if if Southern California, everywhere I go, weed seems fine these days. <laughs> I haven't I haven't had like real there is shit a lot weed of that. in a while. There is a lot of that where you're like, no, no, you get White Widow, it's really good, but that's all you got. 
or something like that. Like Vancouver for a while, that was like their strain. And it was solid. It was just I'm as good as with here, that. but like there wasn't much else. I, you know, I get variety because of travel and stuff. So if I was, you know, if I like were so fortunate to be like on a TV show or a movie that shoots in Vancouver. Yeah. And they spent that whole, uh, the whole time I was there, they were like, we only have a one strain. I might get frustrated with that. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe I wouldn't, you know, especially if I mix in. You know, edibles are always going to, they're just going to be a delightful way to mix it up because, you know, they just hit you differently. And uh, what what kind of weed that's in there is less of a concern. Like a lot of times it's the shake from a bunch of different kinds of weed. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and the the pills, I just love the pills. I took one yesterday and saw the Noah. I was in San Francisco. I saw Noah in IMAX on a weed pill. How was that? And I, I was freaking out a little bit. I mean, I... I, I was happy that I was h- that really high watching yeah. it because I thought if I wasn't high, this movie would just make me mad as opposed to high. It was making me like, what? Why, ma- why mad? It was, I it was, was freaking so, out. Why? Because it's just so weird. It's the weirdest. It's weird that it's something that 13-year-olds and above can see because it's really violent and has lots of scary shit in it. Yeah. And and just weird concepts like Noah telling his family the order in which they're going to commit suicide and then what? how the last the youngest kid is just going to live alone uh, alone on a planet with nobody but animals until he's dead and then that way uh the world can start anew instead of having all these sinners whoa and that Noah oh, Noah race. never said any of that shit in the Bible. To end the human race. <laughs> if I were a fan of the Bible, I would be mad at this movie. I read the Bible in the original language, and <laughs> that was not, I don't remember any of that. I mean, Noah's like a short story in the Bible, right? It's um, I mean, it's in this movie, it's crazy elaborate. Yeah, rock monsters that look like a special effect out of Transformers help guard the Ark while they're building it. No, there's none of that. There's none of that. Rock monsters. Rock what? monsters. Really? It's the craziest movie. Get what? high and see the shit what? out of it. They took liberties with the story. Religious groups and, and conservatives are, are very mad about it. Oh wow! Maybe and I it's would making see it a then. ton of money. Oh, maybe I will see. Costs it then. a lot to make though. Costs like 130 mil to make. I did see a brief second from a preview, and it was just him swinging his staff like fucking. Karate style, and I'm like, hold on. Yeah, it's got lots against? of it's got lots of fighting. <laughs> it's got the, the the rock monsters fucking up hundreds of dudes. Here's the story in the Old Testament. It's just Noah building this ark. Everyone call him crazy because everyone's ass fucking all day long. That's all they were doing is ass. The body fucking. count of this movie is all of humanity except for like five or six people. And yeah, well, yeah. And it's PG-13 because there's never any blood. They're always just getting. Drowned to the death. shit smashed out of them, or getting drowned, or yeah, that guy has my back. <laughs> He's recently you, more angry as a as a but homeless. The, the homeless in Hollywood. The yeah. last couple days walking around, I've really started to get a really creepy uh, Walking Dead kind of feeling from them. Really, there there are a lot of them they're that just seem like they, yeah. they're talking, they're mumbling on themselves. Uh, black guy they're was staggering there last week. a lot. Like, none of them are just huh. walking with any kind of confidence. Do you think it's because at the end of the month, maybe some check comes or something, and they have more alcohol or, or money for drugs? Or the moon? I or- just think I'm just, I'm ridiculous, but also that, you know, they're all super tan because they live here. Yeah. So they just, they just have a real zombie. They're all very dirty. Talk about the homeless people in New York. Um, what, was your, what was your experience with them? Because there are a lot more of them there. There's a lot more of them, but they also... I don't know. They seem spread out enough that you don't have to deal with them that much. Like, mm-hmm. almost walking around San Francisco, it's just as much. Oh, San Francisco's the worst. 
San Francisco's got more than anybody because they're also well, like it's such a yeah, it's such a great liberal, city to like, live in, whether yeah. you have a home or not. But yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel the same way about it everywhere. If I've got some change on me, I'll probably you know probably give it to them or throw it in their cup. Sometimes yeah. a couple bucks or something. A lot of times, you know, I just say sorry, but like you know, eye contact and f- f- attempt to be friendly because that seems to be part of part it of the like exchange is that they're not just what. Oh, right. I just don't see. Humans, I just don't see any of them as being opportunists, like choosing panhandling. Oh, yeah. Nobody really says that anymore, do they? Of like, why don't they just get a job? They're just lazy. Nobody says that anymore. Do I think they, they do. Like, they wow. still call Obama the food stamp president because they think that that people are just chilling and living on the dole. Like you can't. You can barely. You also have to have a job at McDonald's or whatever to wow. supplement the food stamps to, in order to feed a family. I finally went off unemployment after nine years. You just take it whenever you're between gigs, or yeah, absolutely. And there's like. Sometimes you have to. You, you can't. They won't give you anything for a year or two. Or how does that work? You have to. Uh, you have to. You have to. As long as you're working in SAG and some sort of like work that they pay you, like that they take taxes out of. Then right, you, you but pay there's back certain. The but after you. But after you take a certain amount, don't they make you stop for a little bit? Or did you always oh, yeah, just get, get enough year, work yeah. that you could keep it? Well, going? Well, the economy's so bad that they just give you extensions. Oh, when so I was doing it, months. when I was doing it, I was, you know, was doing a lot of jobs where I wasn't getting paid, uh, yeah. you know, I was just getting cash or something. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. so I could just get by with, uh, you know, pretty much claiming to not be working and getting, you know, it wasn't a ton of money, yeah, but it was golden. a nice, it was a nice supplement to help get you by, get me by. Yeah. And I would, I would, I would re-up it every time I was between jobs until finally it just got to a point where it wasn't worth it. They, well, yeah, they, I guess I'd, I'd probably be turned down if I asked for it now, right? Yeah, I finally went to... I haven't worked in SAG for like a year and a half or some any of those things, so I'd get like $12 a, a week. Yeah, i just take... Like weeks where like I had stuff going on where I was only getting paid cash or... Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I was you know on the road or something. I would submit those as weeks not worked, yeah. and I was good at submitting the you know every once in a while you'd have to submit a list of places that you applied for a job at, you know. And yeah. I'd go on real job oh, yeah. interviews because I wanted to work, you know. Really, I just told them my agent's looking for a job for me. But I wanted to work. That's what I mean. Like, it oh was, right, right, right. I, you'd use that. You could say, you know, what your agent or manager put you up for, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I would just sort of. I, I never. After moving to Los Angeles, I could say pretty safely that I've never worked a day in my life that was not in a showbiz related job. Oh really? From age nice, twenty two. Wow. To now at seventy four. Really? I have never. Wow. <laughs> 74. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure. I mean, once or n- well, every once in a 22? while, maybe I took like a catering gig or something. How'd you get by at 22? Extra in movies and TV shows, okay. stand in. I worked as a production assistant for for a long time for Michael Jackson's company and for another stretch for uh, a friend of mine who was a... Uh, you know, I had two friends that directed and produced a lot of porn. Oh, really? So I uh, worked I worked on I worked on porn sets either as a PA or uh, sometimes even just holding a boom mic or something over people having sex. Really? Yeah, it was creepy as fuck. Whoa! Was there a smell? The smell of sex is terrible okay. when you're not a participant. <laughs> when you're just watching, it's just like uh. ugh. it's just kind of there's just a weird funk in the. Did air. you ever almost barf? <laughs> no, no, I never almost barfed. But I also didn't do. 
I didn't do b- boom work that much. I was usually the guy setting up the crudité in the kitchen so that the porn stars in their robes could go in there and have a snack in between. I went to one porn scenes. set once, and I was just, I just the only thing that stuck with me is the amount of enemas in the in the trash can and douches in the trash can of the bathroom. We're like, what happened here? The whole scene was pretty gross. It was like weird to learn what you know. Like I learned the word fluffer like way before it became. Did you see it happen? Popular, and the reason I learned it is because I had to see it happen. Yeah. Whoa! So the guy <laughs> just walks over that. No, the girl comes over. Probably you don't want a guy walking too far with a boner. He it's just yeah. Things. It's just it's just kind of an agreed upon thing that there'd be like a set of lips around that could just work a guy's shaft if wow. he's having trouble staying erect between between camera setups. That's so much easier than having to ask a girl to, hey, can you kiss it? <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that very often. I think I saw that while we were making a passage to ecstasy. That was my other favorite thing. On, on two different movies, I'm actually credited. Another one called Beverly Hills Cox, and I have uh, fake names. And one of them was... Uh, what? One of my fake names on one of those productions was uh, Joe Stumpy Peeps. Because that's uh, the name of one of the drummers in Spinal Tap. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So I had my little fun movie reference in there. That's cool. But in Beverly Hills Wait, Cox, I actually, I actually doubled for an actor in the movie and got to drive a red uh, Corvette similar to the one from Beverly Hills Cop. I got to drive it around Beverly Hills, and a couple times we had to drive it through stoplights. Really? Yeah, and I just did it. Like, well, okay, let's do it. That's my job. If we get caught, I'll just say, well, we're shooting a scene for pornography. For a pornographic film. That one starred that really famous girl, Ginger Allen. And at one point... Did she die? No, she's still alive. And, uh, she's one of the ones that like dated Charlie Sheen for a long time. Oh, that's that right, kind of stuff. Name. Yeah. And she, um, and she had a sister that uh, was another... Ginger Lynn. Yeah. No. Yeah, that maybe that's what I'm talking about, Ginger Lynn. But okay. she had a sister named Amber Lynn or something, I think. Okay. Or who knows if they're sisters. Sometimes porn stars just pick this, a name that's already in use. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> well, so anyway. <laughs> you see you tilt that thing over with your elbow. <laughs> but like the, so yeah, so yeah. It was a great day. One day we were like shooting somewhere near, uh, right near here on Sunset, near that. You know where Chin Chin and all those restaurants are? Yeah, yeah. And we had there. our, there place. was like a production truck in that parking lot in the back and um for some reason she needed to like change her her clothes and uh she just said you know hey watch and make sure you know watch make sure nobody's coming and i just basically watched this you know who was incredibly hot at the time just watched her change her clothes (laughs) just me and her you know like at least all the other stuff i'd done there's a bunch of people in the room you know yeah that was the first time a porn star and me were just sort of like alone together with her naked and i was I had, you know, had even a crush on her. I dare say, really, and uh, so it was pretty awesome. Whoa! Did you think I was pretty happy about it? <laughs> no, you didn't. No, I was so lowly and like you know, did you b- barely a comedian at that point? I had right. no no game whatsoever. Yeah. I never got laid out of working in porn. Not not once. Really? Yeah. If, it was, if that were happening now, I could probably make something happen. But but being on a porn set then, I was just like. Freddie Soto told me that once. He Happy goes, to just be able to watch, and then at that, just you get grossed out after too much. Oh of it. yeah. Freddie Soto said when they come around, you just you're supposed to just mention that you've never gotten like a legit blowjob before, and they'd be like, <laughs> "What, really?" I'm like, yeah, I don't know. And they're like, well, "Come, come on over here," and they'll take you to the back. That's what he always said because they used to come around here. I've never tried that with. The I think stuff. also like dudes just sort of. Uh, there were there were less there, there there was less emphasis on the uh, cum shots back then. I think like sometimes dudes just 
Maybe I'm making that up, but it doesn't remember. feel like I saw a lot of live cum shots. Maybe I just always looked away or something. Hmm. Or you don't get that far? <laughs> what? On the set? <laughs> oh, no, when you were shooting. I thought you remember when you were I mean, going I was, out. I was not in the room for a lot of it, you know, because I was, I was making runs to go get stuff or Did you have to go by ecstasy giving people rides said? and stuff. No, I never... Ecstasy run? I never saw cocaine on a single porn no set. No way. I swear to God. No way. Shooting porn in the valley. I never saw it. Wow. Yeah, and it was always in these private residences that were really nice that would just rent their house out for porn. So it was a lot of driving up into the hills of like Woodland Hills and stuff. Wow. But let's get back to New York. I sorry oh, yeah. sorry we digressed. No, but it's okay. I rarely talk about my porn. No, I never past. heard about it before. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it's I don't weird. mind I don't mind a meander here or there. They're fun. Yeah. Um uh okay, well I was gonna bring it back by saying I steal gelato from that place now. <laughs> if they're too busy. I get high and go over there to that Chinchin's like area. Yeah, it's a gelato place, and, and you can steal it. You have to get it from one place and go pay for it somewhere else. And it's like if there's a line or no one's coming, I just sort of wander off. That's amazing. Yeah, you just go to where they sit, and then I don't know. You're just like, I don't know. I'm just now. Nah, I'm just not going to pay. It'd be interesting if somebody works there, or somebody frequents that place, hips them to what's up with you, and they <laughs> put your put a picture of you in the back. This guy's going to try to steal gelato. I'm not going to try to steal. If they have a guy there working. I'll go for I it. I think if ten people stole gelato a day from there, yeah. I mean, their rent must be so high. They must be, they must be making money. Maybe they must or be making bank, so they can afford to lose ten a day. Because yeah. also, if they thought there was a chance people would walk out without paying, that they'd change that system. They'd do a better system, yeah. If they were concerned about having it. to flag someone down while your gelato's melting. Anyway, here's how I was going to bring it back to New York. That's all I would do there, man. Get high, and walk around, and eat gelato. It's so much fun. There is that's. It's hard to uh, the walking around is good for your health, but also the I, I tend to overeat New York because it's just like overeat. You're walking everywhere and you have to walk past every place oh, that has every delicious thing. So good. Our friend uh, when we were doing marijuana logs, our friend Lisa Line Gang, who lives there and is TV executive. You know she's, her name. Oh, yeah, she's her been name. in okay. a few different places. She books the comics for. Uh, Bumber shoot. If you ever want to go have a fun time, I do want to go in Seattle. I'll, I'll put your name in the mix. Oh, please do. Doesn't pay anything, but it's the most fun festival. Yeah, I'm into it. I've seen the lineups before. Yeah, it's for, really for music. I'm totally. It's really eclectic that. festival, and the, but the comedy shows are phenomenal. They fill really? these. They fill these big theaters with walls, so you're not the music's oh. not pounding in like at other festivals. That's good. And, I was jealous. Yeah, that sounds and awesome. it's so fun. We do always do. You know, I think I'm going to do a Douglas movies this year, so maybe you could be on that. And it's it's really great. Uh, anyway, she yeah. loves good food, as we as me and the other marijuana loggers do. Yeah. So every Sunday we had a 4:20 matinee, and then we had Sunday night off. Okay. So every Sunday we'd have Sunday night supper club, and she would do research and find a different cool restaurant in Manhattan for us to meet up at and have and just have a dinner. And we did that every Sunday for like a year. Wow. So now I know... She would pick them out for you? She would decide where we're going to go. I mean, she'd run ideas by us in case it was like something that sounded awful. Like if she said, let's go to an Ethiopian restaurant. Yeah. I mean, even Ethiopian is probably good if I just gave it a try. Yeah. But anyway... but I just now I have like this bank of like there's like ten or fifteen restaurants that I try to hit up every time when I you go, go to back? New York. Yeah, really? Because they're my favorites, and I have a favorite dish there. What? What? Tell me all about them. Tell me these things because <laughs> I'm gonna go back, so I want to know what these things are. I'll totally go to these things. Well, that's the thing. I try Yelp, but that doesn't give you the real like insight of like I don't know. People have favorites. Yeah, let me hear it. 
Well, I also don't like if I go to a city and people are like you got to eat at blank such and such is. I'm like, yeah. is it right across the street from the club? Because okay, <laughs> sure. that's my first priority, and that's where New York was cool. Is it was easy to get to a lot of these places because a lot of them were like in the village or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to totally mangle or forget the names because that's part of the the game now. Is I know where they're at. I know where they're located. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But I don't well, know. Like, it's a place right next to that pizza shop on 3rd. There's two yeah. restaurants. So one's called one's called Enotech and the other one's called something else tech. Or, Enoteca? Yeah. I've, and there's I've two of them. Before. There's one little one on... Uh, In the East Village? Yeah. Yeah, maybe that was... Or the, the no, there's, no, there's one over by Pianos and where they used to do... Uh, that weekly big comedy show over over kind of by you know where the Sunshine Cinema is on Houston, yeah. Houston, Houston, yeah, Houston and uh, something right there is is Enotech I think okay yeah Enotech and then just Eno is over on uh, I want to say Morton or something like that all the street name, name streets I couldn't figure out yeah it's complicated but. The numbers walking it, it yeah. all the time, so, yeah, walking so th- past the same places. But both of those places, they have great wine and lots, lots of great sandwiches and shit. But the thing I love is they've got this crazy asparagus egg toast thing. What? Where it's toast with uh, lots of uh, little sliced up pieces of asparagus on the plate, like served differently than I've ever seen asparagus served before. But then also uh, a, one egg in the in a hole in the middle of the toast. So when you Spit cut into eye. it, and the, yeah, kind of like that. So when the egg pours out onto the whole plate, it makes the toast and the asparagus so all cool. taste amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So that's one example. But. There are some uh, restaurants there that I stop into. They're doing stuff like, I don't even know what you would call this food, but you're thinking outside the box. You know? There's a lot of fusion shit. Yeah. You know, kind of like out here with the, uh, with the food trucks. Yeah, Asian-Mexican. You know, lots of different weird combos that some of them really work. And uh, I mean, throughout the country, like everywhere I go now, I get hip to food trucks because of uh, cool choices. Because of dining with Doug and Karen, the my food oh, yeah. podcast. I forgot about you. Got to come one. on that sometime. Karen Kilgariff. No, uh, oh. Karen Kilgariff has filled in once, but uh, no, Karen Anderson, her longtime friend and my longtime friend. They used to write for Ellen DeGeneres together. Fly around in Ellen DeGeneres' private jet, helping her think of jokes for her shows and stuff. That's Karen Kilgariff. Kilgariff and Karen Anderson. Oh. They both worked with her. The Karens. Neither one of them do now, but one year they both got me into working on, I got to write on the Emmys, with. so I got to sit around with the two Karens and Ellen DeGeneres and yeah. Vance DeGeneres was always there, and we just sit around trying to write, uh, write jokes for the Emmys. Oh, that's cool. Some jokes I came up with comprise an entire... Uh, Ellen monologue on her daytime talk show because she wanted to do a monologue about the Emmys leading up to it and it just I had some riffs that she liked or whatever so she's like I'm just really? And she, they, 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 well yeah it was pretty That's much pretty all cool. my stuff you know with a little uh, the edges changed by her and the other writers but how did it do? but it was pre- I guess it did great I don't even know if I watched it oh. but I, I just think it's funny I think no one would ever guess that Doug Benson once wrote a <laughs> An Emmy. Her, her, her daytime talk show yeah. I wrote, wrote her monologue you know yeah um, didn't get any jokes in on the Emmys. Really? Yeah, because oh. all my stuff was either too dark or she would have second thoughts about it because it's too weird or something. She does a good job hosting. I'm not. I'm okay at writing in what other people's voices, we but it was never again? my forte. What? What was the name of the person we were just talking about? Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen. Ellen. Yeah. Can't remember for a second. Yeah, she's an interesting. 
I remember that, like after one of the first times I ever worked with her telling my parents that she was gay and they were, they could not believe it. They were blown away. Oh, really? Yeah, to the point of not like like James Franco doesn't smoke weed. They didn't. They did not believe yeah. me. Yeah, I was like, dude, she's got a. She at the time she had a gorgeous girlfriend that was with her. They had they had like matching rings. Yeah, I, I worked with her at the Improv in Irvine, and uh, they were both super nice. Oh. And I've run into her, you know, Ellen a few oh, times, a few different chips. times over the years. But one time, Karen Anderson and uh, Karen Kilgariff told me. That for some reason Ellen loved the season of uh, Last Comic Standing that I was on. Now really? the now the AA meeting just let out. And we're yeah. sitting here smoking weed. I know. That's <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah, wearing a normal shirt. Talk like, about dirty looks, man. Yeah, well, it's, it's man. We just that meeting just made me real, think I was love. I was good and I wasn't gonna get nothing was gonna entice me to. Oh, there's Doug Benson smoking right outside. Right, give me, give me some. That asshole. If one of them asked for it, would you give him some? Well, I'd never turn people down if I'm. Yeah, that'd be tough. They come right out of that meeting, but oh fuck, dude, can I just, can I just get a hit? I had a, a I had an AA guy once tell me because I caught him smoking weed in the back, and I was like, oh, are you, are you back to doing, you know, doing stuff again? He goes, no, no, uh, AA doesn't really look down on, on weed anymore. And I was like, really? He goes, yeah, they sort of, they don't say it's okay but they don't not really against it I was like oh that's crazy and then I asked somebody else about it and he goes no he was just relapsing and lying to you of course they looked out on weed <laughs> I'm like oh yeah drug addicts lie that's right I forgot about that right but that's a, that's the fun thing about weed yeah is that as much as people like to call it a gateway drug I don't believe that is true but I think on the other end alcohol is a gateway I think drug. there's a lot of things like especially painkillers that people get off of with weed thanks oh, right. to weed people use weed I've had you know, veterans tell me that they get their shit fucked up, you know, their legs shot up or something, yeah. and they, uh, you know, it took weed to get them off of Percocet or whatever yeah. the fuck they were taking, and, uh, you know, and then they stick with weed because it, it works. Ralphie said he had to start taking all these pills when he got off weed because it was all of a sudden his back was hurting and his, you know, this was hurting. He had to take this for, you know, anxiety and all that stuff. When and why did Ralphie May get off weed? He had some attack, some physical attack, and they were like, you can't have carcinogens or something. I don't know what it is, something in the weed. Like, you can't but have it happened anymore. recently? It didn't last a year and a half. Because people still hit me all the time with, you should have Ralphie May on getting dug with high, but he, does, he doesn't smoke anymore. I think he's back to it, but I'm not sure how hard. Back maybe to it, lady, mellow way. Yeah. I don't really know. Not the eighth, eighth before, before breakfast that he would have beforehand. I mean, he got down, bro. That, but that's just like isn't isn't half an eighth going to do the trick? Like, do you really need to finish just have an some eighth? coffee and read the paper on the deck and just no, you don't. You're already high. You're just staying as high as you can be. Wait, what was the drug scene in New York that you saw that was around you when you were there? What do you mean drug scene? I saw a lot of weed, and I saw a lot of alcoholism. And I well, saw you were there some much po- more I recently. Some, I saw some pill use, so it's a lot of pill use too that would go around, mm-hmm. and then a little bit of coke. Uh, that was mostly what I saw around. Yeah, me. I never saw coke, and I never, you know. Uh, but that year was the year that I was there. Was you know, it's been a while. So, yeah. um, I, I, but I've been like that's the thing is after I I'd, I'd gone to New York a bunch of times in my life, but once I spent that year there, now I now I truly miss it if I don't go. Wow. So I go as much as I can during the summer and you know fall months before it starts to get cold again, and. Um, you know, winter refuses to end on on this God, on this end. At it. I keep like thinking I'm going to miss the, the warm day. It hasn't, the the hasn't year I was there, it was fucking. It snowed in April. Oh, 
it stays fucking cold until it doesn't warm up until May. So I'll be there uh, April 27th. It better start being warm by then or close to then. Like, what are you talking about? It'll start about? to warm up, but at least you'll know there's a, the end is in sight soon, you know? But you'll have to bring some warm stuff, probably. I have some shit out there. In yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but I don't want to miss what Neil Brennan calls cleavage day, <laughs> which is the first day, like, over 70, 75. Oh. When ev- well, they had that freakishly in January or something. They recently had a really warm day. Oh, really? Yeah. But, you know, of course, it's going to, whenever it happens, it's going to be, like, it'll... It'll happen again now. What but. an amazing city that when that happens. Well, I always tell people about my favorite thing to do is to try to be there one of the first three weekends of August because they do this thing called Summer Streets yeah. where they close down uh, Park Avenue from the Brooklyn Bridge all the way up to like 85th. And you can, they have cops along the way that occasionally let through tra- cross traffic. What? But for the most part, the streets are just open to runners skaters and people on bicycles whoa really yeah park avenue park avenue all the way up and down and no one that lives there knows about it i didn't know about it i mean nobody at least Wait, in the, the comedy world just the last three weekends of august it's a saturday the first the first saturday of august the second and the third i think it's called summer streets you could just look you could google it well the second saturday is shroom fest so i would definitely encourage anyone in the new york area to it's take from, mushrooms and it goes and from go early in the august morning 9th. it goes from like six in the morning to like noon perfect so you also have to get up oh. you know so that deters some people oh. but if you're up it's so nice because it's the weather's generally board, warm you can just board up and down park avenue i don't know if boards are allowed that feels oh. like it wouldn't be because too many people would get hit in the ankle by them oh yeah you know bicycles and uh oh you meant roller skate Roller skating, or those people uh, don't smash into people yeah. as much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> their roller skates don't shoot out from under them and just fly at somebody. Yeah, and they're not trying to do tricks and shit. Um, but I just get a bike and uh, you know rent a bike and just ride it up and down because it's it feels so cool. You go all down around that uh, that that tunnel area where the uh, where that big building is that that blocks Park Avenue. That was featured in all of the action at the end of the Avengers takes place oh, right yeah. there. Uh-huh. You ride your bike on that road where oh, all that wow. shit went down. So you can also get like a fun little movie tour out of it. That's what lost me in the Avengers when they went and stopped and saved all those citizens. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? There's multiple aliens trying to create that, but you, you see six guys you got to save? Six random citizens? No, man. Finish the task at hand. Wow. There will be acceptable losses. What reason did that guy Why have to honk? Why would he do that? Why would he honk so hard? Just to let people know that the Jack Daniels truck is here? With his new battery. He's probably driving drunk. Let's, let's report oh, yeah. him. Jack Daniels, Let's Tennessee call Miami. in his license plate. Um, but yeah, New York is... The skateboarders I like watching. Too much fun. I like watching the skateboarders during the There's day. There's so much shit to watch. There's so much free entertainment. Like what? You know... The Central Park, like yeah. there's just all sorts of nonsense. Central Park also in August. I want maybe I'll try to go there this year. Uh, maybe not. I think I'm going to be on tour. But uh, in August, I'll be there. They do five nights in a row of just showing classic, awesome movies in on a Park? big screen in Central Park. We can just sit in the they park and watch it. In it. Like Columbus Square Park, once I walked by it, it was like some '60s movie. Small yeah, like last movie. year they showed like you know Do the Right Thing. Oh, and really? Hook. How do you find Weird out about shit. things like that? That, I just was cruising through Central Park one day and saw a sign, and then just, like, you know, I'll never forget it, because I was, the timing was off, I had to leave the next day, but, like, they show, I think they show Jaws, like, they pick what? cool movies. Yeah, but this is the internet age, we should be able to, how do we, how do I find out about things like that? 
Well, that's the is thing. Is now, thing that, now that you clearly want to know about things like that, people can tell you on Twitter things you might enjoy. Like everybody that's listening to this, yeah, I uh, guess tweet so. at Ari the, the 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 link. Links are always great. I found out about the Bushwick to- Block Party. I went to the Bushwick <laughs> Block Party. Just get that links was funny from shit, people. But I, have known. Of, I mean, you want to know? See, I kind of don't want to be bothered with it. Oh, you I know, because know people are so happening. full of ideas of things you should do. You know, oh. my favorite is when you go to a town. They go, "There's this bar that you're going to love because it's a hole in the wall and and it's always it's never crowded." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, I don't think you get why I go to bars. If I go to a bar, I want to. I, I don't want it to be like elbow to elbow, but I want people to be there. Yeah, you know, I, I want to meet people. Alone. Yeah, I don't. Wanna, I don't need a place to go and be with." With my thoughts and alcohol. <laughs> I like to be in a place where you can find a seat, but you got to look a little bit. Yeah, or just I just want to hang out. You know, I'm not. Yeah. People think I'm looking for privacy. It's like if I'm looking for privacy, I'll just stay in the hotel room. You know. Yeah. But that's what's so great about New York is like it just it just makes you want to go out. Like you just the idea of sitting at home just doesn't seems like a waste of time. I would stay at home sometimes until like. 5, 6 p.m., just like not go out, do a podcast on Skype and just not go out. I'd and record then, my favorite TV shows and like watch them during the day, yeah. you know? But like, yeah, I was never home during primetime television. Yeah, but then once I do go out, I'd all of a sudden, I'd start getting like the mopes if I didn't, you know? And then once I do go out, I just immediately filled with an energy of people as you pass by them. You're just like, oh, yeah, I just feel better. Have you tried to uh, find a connection to crash the um, uh, Saturday Night Live party on Saturday nights? No, I guess I could. Michael they do it like a different there. location each time. They like move it around. At least that's how they used to do it. Really? I, I got to, I got to talk fun? briefly to the Olsen twins because I went to one once. Are they fun? What do you do? They're just a big party that doesn't start until 2 a.m. Because oh, be cool. Saturday Night Live ends at 1. And the host is always obligated. The cast always goes. So it's just you're there with a bunch of fun people. You know, when I went, just Jimmy drinking. Fallon was there. Um drinking and food like it's a big elaborate free party that that's doesn't start till 2 a.m on every saturday night that snl is on oh i would do that yeah lauren michaels is sitting around there usually and everyone's just cool yeah i mean there's you know there's a lot of security to get through to get in so you got to have a good in you know you got to somebody helps you out and puts you on the list at the time i you know i knew an nbc executive oh like a writer for silent live doesn't do it maybe they might get a certain number or something. Oh, right. But I'm sure people are bugging him. <laughs> That's you find it's like out. It's like Rogan in UFC. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are bugging him for tickets. Ari, can you ask? I've had people ask me. Oh, it's crazy. Say, say, hey, my friend asked me, can you ask Rogan for this guy? And I'm like, wait, that's four levels. Yeah. Oh. It's amazing what people ask for. But, you know, every once in a while... You're going to get it. Like, that was one of the best pieces of advice I ever heard was, uh, you know, if you want something, ask for it. Because, you know what? Even if it's crazy, yeah. you might get it. Dom Herrera one time, I, was, <laughs> I had to be home for a class reunion. And um, I saw Paulie was playing the, the Baltimore Improv the weekend before. And Dom was playing the week after. So it would have been perfect to get, like, two weekends. So I could ask Paulie. I asked Paulie. It wasn't a big deal. But I didn't want to ask Dom Herrera. I felt weird putting him in a position of, like... Even saying, hey, if you don't, do you have anybody to open for you? If you don't, I would love to, you know. Anyway, I didn't ask him. And then Eleanor told him. And he goes, oh, yeah, you should ask me. That would be fun. Yeah. I just fucking missed it. I don't do a gig where somebody doesn't ask me, you know, hey, I'm a local guy. Can I open the show? Or do you need yeah. an opener? And I always write back no because I, I, I just have a weird kind of style to my show and don't really have an opening act. I just yeah. have a friend and, and then we both do time and then we, you know... Play, play.
play the Leonard Maltin game at the end of all you know most of my shows. Yeah. So uh, that sort of takes up the time face? that would that an opener Did would you see do. Her face at all? Whose face? This lady that just passed by. No, not that way. That way. No. Oh my God. Gorgeous. Yeah. She looks from behind. She looks really put together. She looks Whoa. like Kate Beckinsale or some shit. She was so pretty. I can't believe I missed God. it. Let me try to. I was trying to try like, to get her. No, 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 no. Lady. Oh, it's so embarrassing. Lady. Oh Jesus. She is not. She's. N- <laughs> she would never turn. She didn't turn at all. No, but I could oh run over God. there because she can't get in the elevator that fast. She's going into a hotel. <laughs> Have you ever run to get another look at a, at a hot girl? <laughs> run? Yeah, have you ever probably. run to get... Probably. If I had to think about it, probably. Make That's the decision funny. after a few moments and be like, okay, I got to catch up down this other aisle. Yeah. I like I like. I've definitely gone ladies. down the wrong aisle in, in, a, in a grocery store. You've done that. Like, hurried up down one aisle to meet them at the other end. Oh, for sure. Yeah, okay. For sure. Okay. Probably dress like as creepily as possible. Probably a long coat and a hoodie and the Saturday Night Live things I'll try to go to. Did you ever go to any speakeasies? I don't think so. Someone just showed me them. Where they're just in some like hot dog shop and you just like knock on a door behind the counter and it's just like it opens and there's some really cool bar back in there. In Providence, Rhode Island, they have a, a, a pretty popular bar that's behind a lingerie store. Really? Like the front is the real lingerie store. They really sell the stuff. But then also the cash register and the, and the uh, counter serve as the uh, place you pay the cover to go into the bar. Wow. Yeah. Right behind it. Yeah. Jeez. Just a couple blocks from the... Uh, the Fet Ballroom, where I'll be playing on uh, May, <laughs> Friday, May 30th, I think. Oh, yeah, of course, get that in. Friday, May 30th, you're playing there? Yeah, and then, the I'll, be, and then I'll be at the bar with the lingerie in the back after. You want an opener? <laughs> I might need I you for that, there. if you want to f- come out from New York or whatever. Oh, um, wait, where's the Fet Ballroom? Not in New York? Didn't I say Providence, Rhode Island? Oh, yeah, maybe you did. But in my head, I pictured it in New York. <laughs> but it's actually Providence, Rhode Island. Okay, no, that definitely won't be me. But like, uh, but like, uh, okay, cool. What else you got date wise? Oh, what you know, going all over the place. June June first in or June second in New York. I'm doing uh, I'm doing Douglas movies at the Irving Plaza. You gonna stay for a while? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I might stay for a few days. I, uh, you know, that's another thing that makes New York great for me. Is like people hate Times Square. They hate the crowds. They yeah. hate the lights. They hate the Broadway shows. But I love Broadway shows. So, really? So I love Times Square. Wow. Gaffigan's doing a full bit about like, like accidentally finding out, oh my God, this meeting was in Times Square? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I go there on purpose. Wow. Yeah, it is overwhelming. It's like, move faster. It's a mess. It's a mess. But I'm usually by myself or yeah. maybe with a date, but usually alone. Yeah. Just kind of scooting around. And But I just love uh, Broadway shows and I love them even more now because... You know, I've seen a few Broadway shows now where, like, I get to go backstage and meet the people because they've either they're either friends of mine that are in a Broadway show, yeah. or they're somebody that they follow me on Twitter, and I'm able to, you know, make that connection and you know meet people and hang out, and I love it. I love getting the you know kind of that's cool insider access to that that's shit. Cool. I've never been into musicals. I love them because it's like you know it's singing and dancing and costumes and a story and effects and. Uh, you know, and it's all, uh, n- you know, no one involved minds that I'm high out of my mind. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, so. you know, you can just sit there and just luxuriate in it. And, I, you know, it's definitely kind of, uh, 
you know, it, it kind of works with me with girls because, you know, you ask a girl to go to a Broadway show, oh, that's it. a great date. That's, uh, that's the, one of the cliche dates. It's like, that's a wow. What a day. Took him to a Broadway show. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's you know, man enough that he can admit that he, hey, we're making a podcast called Dari Shafir's Skeptic Tank. We were having a nice sativa. Marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> Legal marijuana. If you guys are new to California, we have sunshine, marijuana, and burritos. Try all of those yeah. together. Enjoy your time while you're here. And say hi to Scandinavia for us. A couple, dudes, couple dudes look very Scandinavian. Oh, really? Yeah. What White were we talking about? Oh, I was so excited about it. Let's try to get it. Let's try to get it. I was so excited about whatever it was. Oh, Broadway shows. Oh, yeah. But my favorite uh, show experience was I saw the... Uh, the reboot of Hair when they did Hair yeah. and you know also some I go see some shows that I you know I did like in high school and college and stuff you know because I was I was in oh, the yeah. drama department in school so uh, you know and everybody that I it was in shows within high school all eventually turned out to be gay you know like <laughs> like it's I, such a warning sign like my parents must have been like boy our kid loves musicals this is this is it uh, we'll he's gonna see. tell us someday uh, are there warning not warning signs are there is everyone in the audience at those like half the people in the audience just people who used to be actors in high school college or afterwards for a while maybe yeah and I, I think those are theater fans like people yeah. that perform in theater in their where they live but also it's a family thing lots of people think it's a good thing to do with family uh-huh. my mom and then there's my shit like you know over no. the years there's been like Avenue Q and the producers and Book of Mormon that like you know that's our our adult, our adult, they're dirty shows and they break a lot of rules, but they yeah. still have catchy songs. Right. Like, you know, people that say they hate musicals and love the TV show South Park are hypocrites. People that love Family Guy, but hate, uh, you what know, a Broadway show. hate the musical parts of Family Guy? That, that, that's then they're right in line. They're not, okay. they're not kidding themselves. Okay. But there's a lot of people that yeah. love the South Park used musical be, episodes. The, musicals they used to ha- the music they had were like the, the top 20, the top 40 songs of the day. It used to be like pop songs, and well, then it kind became of, this, yeah. this like whatever. This like it became a niche musical. thing, like anything, mm-hmm. and some of it's very corny for sure. And there's even corny musical kind of moments in Book of Mormon. But people say about Book of Mormon, I don't like Broadway musicals, but I love this because there's lots of AIDS jokes in it and stuff. Yeah, but it's a hilarious show. But it's a musical. That's and a good date. I'll the, take a date to that. The, but the way they, yeah, yeah, that's a, I, 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 that's a show where I've seen a touring company of it, and it's just as good as the, uh, it's just as entertaining as the original. You know, like when I yeah. saw the producers with, um, what's his name, uh, uh, Matthew Broderick and uh, Nathan Lane, that show worked because those two guys were so funny and so funny together. That right. uh, you know, I saw it again with like two other actors, and it wasn't didn't hold up. You know. Oh. Um, but uh, but Book of Mormon is still a really fun show, and uh, there's a bunch of other you know good shows. I'm I'm psyched to or you know shows that people are giving great reviews that I'm excited to see um, the next time I'm there. But my favorite the story I wanted to tell was when yeah. I saw Hair at the end of the show. All of the cast members are taking a bow, and there's this one character that's a, a big black dude with a big afro who, like, you know, sings all the really deep uh, lines in the songs, <laughs> yeah. you know, give me a head with hair. You know, he's like really, like a really, and he's a cool character, you know, like he's, you know, he doesn't treat his wife and their newborn baby like he's mean to his, uh, his girlfriend, rather. Yeah. You know what I mean? He wants to have sex with other women still because they're, they're hippies. You know, they're. <laughs> 
they're black hippies. <laughs> so he wants to get high and have sex with somebody. He's like, he's impregnated what? a white woman, you I know. I've never seen hair. So yeah. he's, a, he's a really shitty dad. And, uh, <laughs> but the character is also really cool. And uh, at the end of the show, while they're doing their bows, he saw me standing there in the audience clapping and did the universal hitting a joint sign what? and pretended to pass it to me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, wow. It was, and I was just like, that is so sweet that like, a random dude in a from? musical just yeah. pegged me for being a stoner. And then that's happened a few times now is people that are like, especially if they're in the chorus and have time on stage where they, where they could just kind of look at the audience and see who's in the, yeah. in the audience. I've had people come up to me afterwards, you know, or, you know, wow. write to me on Twitter. Thanks for coming to see our show. It was cool to see you out that's there that's cool yeah that's really i love cool. it I, that's the same way I've, i have the same feeling about uh concerts for a while i got burnt out on seeing bands play live because i just the whole experience there's too many negatives like the crowds oh really standing oh, through a whole show it. and getting bored and all that stuff Oh, bored's bad. but you know welcome you get to the world of the you know backstage pass oh where you can just run around and do whatever you want and get a really good vantage point when the band you know that you want to see is playing and yeah. don't necessarily have to pay, some pay nice, absolute some nice, some attention nice to the food. whole thing no, maybe no, get a sandwich that's not her um oh the TMZ tour bus oh, yeah. they play a lot of pre-recorded stuff that's the voice from the show yeah I wonder if he gets extra Britney for that. Spears got naked over there you know it's all like He's like That's screaming. That's the worst impression of that I've ever heard. That's the only one I've ever heard. It's instantly the worst, not the best. <laughs> I don't watch that show enough to do a good impression of that guy. Kindler, but I could do a good impression of, of the Russian frog Constantine trying to do an impression of Kermit the Frog in the new <laughs> Muppets Most Wanted. And it goes like this. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Kermit the Frog. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the Muppet Show. Yeah. <laughs> Funniest part of Muppets Most Wanted is a, a Russian frog pretending to be Kermit. <laughs> so. <laughs> is well, my is ride your, here? My ride might be here soon. How was your dating scene in in New York? How was that situation? My driver's here. It's this Damn dude. it. All right. But. He's going to wait for a sec. Okay. I wanted to ask how your dating scene was there and, and, and also where, what spots you pick out to smoke weed. Like in Central Park, would you go? I find it to be like I'm not like a uh, like I'm not on Tinder or anything. I'm not like just just trying. I, I'm yeah, not just then. about the hookup. Yeah. I mean, Tinder didn't exist back then. But yeah. um, but there's something about uh, the bars in Manhattan that and the people that live there. It's hookups, like hooking up is just, it's just a million times easier there than Los Angeles. Why? And I think it's just because you just kind of make more random acquaintances. You just, you're just meeting more people all the time. Yeah. So Maybe if you do like somebody and, you know, you're, and also just like a lot of people, a lot of the women in Manhattan are really don't want to, they're kind of anti-relationship, <laughs> but they still got to get <laughs> fucked every once in a while. Yeah. So it, that just works out. You know, like, I think if you're to do. if you're if you're playing it right, I think it's I think there's just a lot more of that kind of activity. And now with something like Tinder and stuff like that, I guess you know it's probably even more. So it's probably even bars. crazier there. Or you know, after a show or whatever. But I'm just saying that, like, you know, you can get things going quicker when you want to get things going. Yeah. Like, like Manhattan's the only place where I've had like a couple of like just making out with a girl right there on the spot. You know. 
Wow. That doesn't happen in. Well, it has happened to me in LA, right here at the comedy store one time. Really? In fact, yeah, yeah. Back when I was a open micer, somebody just started making trying, out with you? trying to get past here or whatever. Yeah, some girl that was at a show, but. Let's save that story for All the right. next California edition <laughs> of the Skeptic Tank. What's but my that? ride is here to take me. You so know, you we have... use we use Uber to go to and from getting dug with high just oh, yeah. to be safe. They're great. So I'm going over there to do an uh, episode right now with uh, Horatio Sands. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, he I can like he can smoke. I think, um, he, I think he's good at it. Promote your your podcast, Getting Dug with High. Yeah, That's every Wednesday at 4.15 Pacific Standard Time, youtube.com slash Doug Benson. All my dates are at douglasmovies.com. Yeah, we smoke live, to get high live streaming. And, and you've been on the one live at Largo, and you've been on yeah. the one in the spacement. And um, <laughs> people can see both of those at my YouTube page, youtube.com slash Doug Benson. And uh, go back and watch Ari. Uh, handle himself quite nicely in one case and uh, just loses shit in the other. <laughs> I was looking forward to the and to have the trip fun in New York. Me. And we'll uh, Thanks, I, I, we got to find a spot in New York to sit and do this on a nice yeah. summer day with yeah, all. Because I think honest, people will enjoy that. our ridiculously perverse comments about everybody that walks park. by. Yeah, absolutely, bro. <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that could yeah. be really fun. Walk around the city. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Thanks, man. Don't worry, it's gone. <laughs> Have fun. Well, I'm a fool, there's no doubt. But when the sun comes out, and only when the sun comes out, I'm the luckiest guy on the low east side. Cause I've got wheels, you wanna go for a That's the episode, you guys. Boom time. I'm so fucking excited to get back. I'm a little uh, I'm a little sad. This is gonna be my second to last <sighs> intro that I record here from this apartment. I've been here ten years. I'll give it a proper uh, a proper burial next week, I guess, when I talk when I do the intro. That'll be the last last one. I have one podcast I recorded here left with uh, with Pete Davidson from Girl Code. Guy code? I don't know, one of those. Uh, we talk about hip-hop. Um, but man, the next week will be the last one from this apartment. I'm, I'm out. That's why all this shit's got to go. Uh, seriously, any comic. If you, if you want to know where I live, just fucking ask me or ask somebody at the store because they know. Um, 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. on Wednesday. That's like April, what, like 15th or something? Whatever the Wednesday is. 13th? I don't know. Um... No, not 13. That's like now. Um, yeah, I can't believe I'm going to be out of here. But anyway, it's time for the fucking back to New York. It's, it's cool. It's cool. I like it there. I really like it. It fills me with this fucking energy. As a writer, you guys, it's just, you see so much. You walk behind those stupid fucking NYU chicks and listen to their dumbass problems. Me and Monty didn't tell me that he was going to... And I just follow them. I just follow them and listen to their dumb problems and laugh to myself. Because if you laugh out loud, then they'll know. Uh, just the amount of connection you have with people, the constant, all the different colors and shades of skin. It's like... It's like it's like summer camp. No, it's like the first day of college. Everyone's out and 
I don't know. I don't know. I can't describe it that well. I got to learn how to describe it. It's so fun. When you're there, just there for a little bit, it's not as cool as when you're there forever. You can just, there's no agenda. You're just moving around, seeing shit, taking the subway all day for no reason. It's expensive as fuck, though. Um, all right, you guys. I say we call it. Thank you for listening. Um, don't forget to check out the Amazon link. And check out Punch Drunk Sports, everybody. We have a cool uh, like 20% sports podcast. Me, Sam Tripoli, and Jason Tebow. Um, yeah. All right. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and leave comments and shit. And uh, seriously, you guys are cool fans. Thanks for supporting and stuff. For all the guys who listen, like, thanks. Um, when I see you at shows and you go like, hey, I love the Skeptic Tank. You know, that that's that kind of makes it worth doing. Not completely. But if you come to a show, that's half of it. All these people came in Tempe for me and Diaz. And people were like, yeah, I love it. I heard about you on, on this. And that's why I came. I'm like, dude, that's why we do this shit. Like, there's no sponsors this week. But I don't, I don't mind because that's not what I'm doing it for. I'm doing it for, I mean, I'll take the extra cash if it comes in. But I'm doing it just to get people to come to my shows. I just, that's all I really want in life. Man, I read this Patrice O'Neill thing in, in the book Satiristas by, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, by Paul Provenza. And he just talks to a bunch of different comedians about comedy. And this, this Patrice one, it was so good. He was just like, man, fuck money. Money doesn't matter. Money is my, not my God. I'm into fucking developing comedy. I'm into th- thinking things out loud in my art form, making people laugh at the stuff I think. But to do that, I need people to come to the show. So when you guys come, yeah, it makes it worthwhile. And when you say you, you like the, the, the podcast, you know, that makes me feel great too. Um, yeah, tell me which ones you like, specific episodes and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't mind talking about because they're just conversations I had, so it's not really like... It's not really like questions like, how do you write a joke? It's just like, is, has Tiana started dating anybody yet? Is she still like heartbroken? Oh, shit like that. I'll be like, oh, I don't know. I mean, she dates, but yeah, probably still a little heartbroken. Anyway, um, that's the episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. And thank you guys for constantly tuning in. Have a good day, everybody. Episode 162, one year in New York with Doug Benson. Over and out. Goodbye. Oh, and don't forget, well, nah, bye.